Hey friend, have you heard maybe your friends or Christian women talk about calling? Have you heard the phrase, a gospel-centered calling? But maybe you are like how I used to be. I don't really know what that means. How do I figure this out? What does What can we talk about? Today, we are going to be talking about a gospel-centered calling with my friend, Rebecca. And Rebecca George is an author, speaker, and host of the popular podcast, Radical Radiance. Her greatest joy is helping women pursue their passions in a way that builds God's kingdom. In her free time, she loves running outside or trying a new recipe with Garth, Garth Brooks playing in the background. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank you so much for initiating this conversation. And I'm super excited to see what God's going to do through it. Oh, Samantha, I'm so happy to be back with you. This is so fun, and I love the theme of this conversation, so I'm just excited to dig in. Yeah. So I do feel like calling is one of those um, words <laughs> that we sort of throw out yeah. there a little bit, and yet it leaves some of us being like, oh my gosh, I don't have a calling. What's my calling? What You know what I mean? As if it's this yeah, like totally unachievable thing, but it's not. <laughs> Can yeah. you break it down a little bit for us? Totally. I love this question because I think for so many of us, it feels like this big audacious thing that we don't want to miss. And maybe we're confused in how God wants to use us in this season, or we feel like maybe even our mundane season of motherhood, for instance, or in a corporate career doesn't feel big enough for yes. the kingdom. Right. I think there are just so many versions of us not having clarity in our purpose here, this side of heaven. And so the foundational place that I love, love, love to start with that is the words of Jesus in the gospels where he makes it really clear what our mission and our purpose is this side of heaven. And we know that if you've been around your Bible for a while, if you've been in the church a while, this scripture will feel familiar to you where Jesus says our our goal here, this side of heaven is to go and make disciples. And in the original language of that phrase, and some of us have probably heard this before, it actually would have read as you're on your way, as you are going, go and make disciples. So wherever God has planted your feet in this very season of your life, he has a purpose for that, a kingdom purpose for that. And so the beautiful thing about the body of Christ is that will look different for every person listening to this conversation. Samantha, you and I, we do very similar work. We write, we speak, we have podcasts, we we lead things. And yet God has placed you in a community of women that I will never know and lead. And he's placed me in a community of women that you will never know and lead. And so we're faithful in those, in the trenches of those places where he has placed us. That's where we go and make disciples. And the same is true for every person listening to this conversation. For some of us, that is being faithful in a corporate career where maybe you are faced day in and day out with the challenges of the world and you have an opportunity to stand for Christ in the middle of that type of environment. Maybe you are staying at home with kiddos and you're feeling like, man, most of my days feel really mundane and kind of boring and insignificant. I spend most of my time watching cartoons and baking chicken nuggets and doing mundane tasks. But when we realize at the end of the day that we are doing those things to the glory of God and that 
you are raising an image bearer of God and you have the opportunity to do that every day. It changes the way we see motherhood. And so as it pertains to just that foundational level, we have to realize our ultimate call as followers of Christ and then coming and, and shooting off from that. Um, I think some of us really struggle to identify like, what's my thing? Where am I headed? And how do I do that in a gospel centered way? And I love practical. So I'm going to give a really practical tool that listeners can take and kind of apply in the days to come. And I call it the calling Venn diagram. So we're probably all pretty familiar with the concept of a Venn diagram we, where we kind of compare and contrast an idea or a subject and we see how they um, compare and contrast and meet in the middle. And that's kind of what we're looking for is where those things come together and their similarities. And so in this Venn diagram, there are three circles that we're kind of dreaming about with the Lord. And the first one is labeled what matters to you. And so this is where we get to brainstorm around where God has naturally wired and gifted you. So it's things like maybe when you're doing a particular task or activity or serving in a particular way, you just lose track of time. You find joy in that particular thing. And that's God given, right? So we get to praise him for that and kind of dream about what those things are for us. They're different for each one of us. And that's a beautiful thing. And then the second bubble is labeled what matters to God. And this is where we really get to search the word and ask him, God, what, what matters deeply to you that also lines up with where you've naturally gifted me, right? And that's, that's a little bit of a context clue into what our calling might be in this season. And then the third circle, and this is kind of the in a, in the trenches of our daily life type of circle, it's labeled what matters to other people. What are some practical needs or opportunities that you see inside your local church or in your community at your child's school that you feel really lines up with what matters to you and what matters to God? And I don't know about you, Samantha, but I think a lot of conversations that we have around purpose and calling, um, a lot of them address a couple of those things, right? Maybe they they major on where you feel gifted or where you feel your strengths lie. And that's a good thing to consider. Maybe we major on the needs that we see around us. But if we if we're thinking about something that deeply matters to us and it matters to other people around us, but it doesn't matter at all to God, it's probably an area where we need to dig a little deeper to figure out like, what's my, what's my kingdom purpose in this? How am I advancing God's kingdom in the work that I'm doing? And so we're missing that piece. And if let's say in the opposite way, it matters to other people and it matters to God, but it doesn't matter at all to us. And we're not naturally gifted or wired in that particular way. We're just doing it because we feel like we need to, we're going to have no joy. Right. And so so it's really brainstorming around those things that kind of fall in those categories to see where they meet in the middle. And it's it's a breadcrumb trail is what I like to describe it as towards what our gospel-centered calling maybe is in this season. And so I hope that's a helpful tool as, as listeners kind of walk forward in this because it can be confusing. Uh, we have clarity on our ultimate mission, but that day-to-day -day in the trenches of our daily life calling uh, 
can be a little hard to define at times. And so I hope that's helpful. Well, I feel like, yes, like what you said, that sometimes the way it's taught is focused on probably I've heard like us first, right? The idea that, um, what do we like to do? What have we been gifted with? Then go do that. But then that always brings hesitation to like, wait, what? Because we don't know what we don't know. And so some things that I've been gifted with or whatnot, like I would think, oh, that's no big deal. But someone else is like, oh, we actually need that. Or, you know, we're only doing one of those categories where I love that you incorporated all three because it's not just about us at all. It's about him, but it's also about his kingdom. And so these help us to identify all three of those into one. That's it's beautiful. I've never seen it done that way. So I love that. I love it. Awesome. Yeah. It's been a helpful tool as women just begin to kind of define that for themselves. And I think that that clarity helps us walk into our days a little more confident of what we're prioritizing and how we're moving forward in our calling. And I also think, and here's where I'll give listeners a little bit of permission. uh, This shifts and changes Mm -hmm. from season to season. And I don't think we talk about that enough, right? For, For just as a day to day, real life example in my own life right now, me and my husband don't have children yet. And so we're Mm -hmm. in a season where I have capacity that I know will change and shift as I become Lord willing, become a mom one day. And, and that's a beautiful thing to discover with the Lord and continue to just have our hands open to how he wants to shift that as the years go by. And, um, and, and making that an intentional conversation within your family and within just your prayer life with the Lord. Um, I think can be really powerful because I think sometimes we'll shift into a new season and have no grace for ourselves as our capacity shifts and changes in that as well. And that's actually the beautiful part of this side of heaven is we, we get to walk through different seasons with him and he continues to refine us in each one of those seasons. And this season that you're in today is, is equipping you for where God is taking you. And so as we realize all of those things, we're able to um, just walk into our days with a little less shame and a little more confidence in where God has us in this season and how he wants to use us. Yeah. And if you are, and also because the Lord works in seasons, his timing is important, right? So if you're stuck in what feels Mm -hmm. like I say stuck because it feels like the bottom of the corporate ladder and you know that God has you in a leadership position. It's hard to stay faithful in that, right? Like, let's just be real. It's hard to be like, I know Mm -hmm. that I'm meant for this, but this, like she said, is helping to equip you for this. And like the Lord is, he knows the next steps, but he needs you to be faithful with where you are now in motherhood. Same thing the baby hears. Some people love them. Some people aren't their favorite. They could be like the best thing ever. And you don't want your kids to grow up or they could be so hard because maybe you're used to being busy or you're used to um, doing like ministry or whatever. And you're having to just rest and abide and and pull strength from the Lord because it's hard. Like whatever those seasons are, just be faithful with them and know that he's still doing work and your mission matters, even if it's not the dream end all be all. And also for those, I used to be one of these, like that hurry to the next seasons. Don't do that. Don't be Sam. (laughs) The Lord Mm -hmm. has talked so much through that because in, in, 
in seeing what he's shown me or hoping for the next thing when my kids get out of diapers, when I don't have to work a nine to five, whatever it is, like I'm, I'm hoping for something instead of enjoying with what I am right now. And if I'm missing where I'm at right now, Mm. I'm not taking in all of his goodness and like I'm missing so much, but also there's equipping and um, empowering and things that are happening in this season to prep me for the next. And so if I'm too busy looking ahead or looking behind, I'm not actually like ready, right? Like I'm not completely ready. I uh, have seen that a million times in my life. Like in a high school, college, I was in journal. I wanted to be a journalist and I did design work and I was going to be a journalist for Mm. a newspaper. (laughs) Yeah. Newspapers aren't really a thing anymore. And journalism has changed completely. And so I went into medicine and I was in medicine for 10 years. And I thought, well, I'm going to be a nurse for the rest of my life. And then I had a kid who needed more special attention. And so I was a mom. And so like, I wish I could go back and tell Sam, like, enjoy this season instead of wishing for the next. But he has used all of that. My medical, my design, my writing, my motherhood. He's used all of these different seasons for where I am right now and doing the work that we're doing now, which is so crazy to me. And so like, thank you, God. So graceful. Like, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I have a good example of that too, Sam. I spent a good number of years of my corporate career as a recruiter and it was a very Mm -hmm. corporate environment where I was hiring great talent for the couple of organizations I worked for when I did that work. And, uh, it didn't feel big enough. It didn't feel flashy enough for the kingdom. I felt called to ministry. I didn't really know what that meant. I loved speaking. I loved writing. I knew that was in my bones, but I didn't know what God was going to do with it at that particular time. And it's insane to me now to look back at, you know, the seven or eight years I was sitting at a corporate office asking people questions. You know where I'm headed all day long. Yes. And now in the work that we get to do, and as a podcaster, that's, that's a skill that I needed that God was refining and, and crafting into me in that season where I felt like it wasn't enough. And I also, while I'm here, want to say, if that's you today, you are walking into a mission field every single day that God has placed you in. And so even if your heart is longing for more and you feel behind and you're waiting for God to reveal that next step or that direction towards a ministry opportunity or whatever your heart is kind of stirred for, don't miss out on how God wants to use you exactly where your feet are planted today, whether, whether that's motherhood, whether that's corporate America or whatever, but he is, I truly believe he doesn't waste things and he is refining and crafting you in a way that will be so necessary for, for wherever he's taking you. So good. Yes. That's a whole word right there. Okay. So you taught us how to sort of recognize with our Venn diagram, what is, what is next? What does the next step sort of look like? What do we do with that? Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, those next steps actually feel like the scariest part. I don't know about you, but if I'm real honest and vulnerable, I think when I'm stepping into something new and I'm entrusting that to the Lord, those first few steps are very scary. And um, it's such an opportunity to lean into our dependence on him, 
right? We know that mm-hmm. we are not alone as a follower of Christ. We, we look in the book of Romans, particularly Romans eight, and we see that all of this, all these rich promises and this reminder that, um, well, I guess Romans six through eight, that the same power that raised Jesus from the grave is alive and active in mm-hmm. us, the Holy Spirit, as we're taking those steps of obedience, he is with us and empowering us and giving us wisdom and discernment. And the book of James, James 1 talks about God gives us wisdom liberally without reproach when we ask him for it. And so when we're in those moments and we're taking those next steps of obedience, that's where we put that to the test. And we ask God for that wisdom. We rely on the Holy Spirit for discernment. And and I think... A thing that has really helped me, a part of God's character that I personally really cling to in these moments when I'm taking those next steps of obedience is this this quality, this characteristic of him that he is infinite, he is eternal, he's limitless in all of his ways. And I'm so thankful that that's the kind of God that we serve because we get to look at everything else we know to be true about him, his sovereignty, his power his presence in our lives, his wisdom. And we lay that up against the fact that he is eternal. He doesn't change. He is infinite in all of his ways. And so that's who we're partnering with. That's who's walking with us in these next steps that God's asking us to take. And so we then are reminded that we're not. We are very finite in our capacity, in our ability, in our time that we have to take those next steps of obedience. And so we get to entrust that into the arms of an infinite God. And I think more than any practical thing I could tell you to do, I would tell you to lean hard and press into that truth about the character of God, because that's what we get to stand on as followers of Christ, as we're taking those next steps. It's not that it's, we're going to reach this moment where it's not scary, or we're not going to doubt, or our insecurity isn't going to creep back up because we're human, because we're living in a broken world. But in that brokenness, in those moments where that bubbles up in us, we then have the choice to either allow the enemy to get a foothold in that moment, or we choose to say, hmm, this fear, this fear, this doubt and security that I'm feeling and sensing, this is not from the Lord. This is not what he says about me. And so I'm going to fix my eyes on him, on his character, on who he's made me to be because of Jesus. And I'm, I'm going to choose to take that scary step. It's not that it won't be scary, but in the scary, in the fearful, I'm, I'm entrusting that into his arms. And so that's the path that we get to take as a follower of Christ. And I'm so thankful that we get to stand on his character in those moments. That's so good. I want to know what does it look like to radiate Jesus in all you do? Like with this, leaning in on him, relying on him, but how do how do we come forth from that? Yeah. Yeah, I love talking about what it looks like to radiate him in all that we do. That's a verse that that God, and I'll I'll quote it for us in a second, but that's an idea and a, a scripture that God has just continually put before me in the last few years and learning more about what that actually looks like in our lives. And it comes from Psalm 34. It's verse five. It'll be familiar to some of us, but it says, those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. 
And so, I mean, it's just what we talked about, Sam. When we look to him, thinking of another scripture of looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the father. We get to fix our eyes on that Jesus as we take our next steps of obedience and we are faithful in that gospel centered calling that he's called us to. And so the end of that verse says those who look to him are radiant and their faces are never covered in shame. And so when we are fixing our eyes on him, what happens in us is radiance. And when we're fixing our eyes on who Jesus is and what he did for us, um, shame gets put in its rightful place and we're able to walk forward in confidence. And this idea of, of radiance is traced all throughout the pages of scripture. I read the Bible chronologically a few years ago, and I was reminded of this so many times as I got to the book of Exodus and Moses is coming down off Mount Sinai and he's glowing. His face is glowing with the glory of God. Why? Because he had been in the presence of God for 40 days and 40 nights. Another powerful reminder of it, of light and radiance for me was, um, in the book of Numbers, when the Lord is giving Moses instruction on how to care for the oil lamps in the tabernacle, the place that held the very presence of God in the Old Testament, those oil lamps had to be tended to. The, the oil had to be replenished. The wicks had to be trimmed and they had to be lit day and night so that that light source for the presence of God would remain lit, right? And now on the other side of Jesus's ministry, the crucifixion, resurrection, and now us being um, dwelt by the Holy Spirit as followers of Christ, we carry that light with us into every next step that we take. Again, we're not alone in those next steps of obedience. And so as a result of all of that, all of those traces of light and radiance, as we look to him, that's what happens. I think many times, especially as women, we think about things like being radiant or being beautiful. And we think of this outward expression or something that we have to have to muster up or strive to achieve. And when we look at that scripture, we see that radiance is actually a byproduct of abiding in him. It's what happens in us naturally as we look to him, as it says in Psalm 34. And so as, as much of a practical, like, here's your next step kind of girl that I am, um, I would just love to lean in and say that it's the looking to him, the abiding in him. Um, and that helps me take just a breath of fresh air. That's what makes us radiant as we take those next steps of obedience. I love that. I love that imagery too. My mind just can literally picture it. And then also that in what you just said, it puts it on him. It like remove the pressure off yourself, yeah. girlfriend, remove the world, the standards, all of it, and just put it back on him. It's his to hold anyways. And so thank that was so good. Thank you for that. As we mm. wrap up, I would love for you to just, you've, you've done an incredible job at encouraging us, but just speak specifically to the woman listening to this conversation right now. If you could just give a word of encouragement that you know they need to hear. Yeah. What's coming to mind is kind of an ouch outshoot of, that's not the word I'm looking for, but you know what I mean? Off of what you just said of reminding our, reminding us that um, it's not all up to us. I think when we are denying and forgetting that quality of God, that he is infinite and, and we're trying to be infinite 
in our ways and limitless in our ways. Uh, this trips us up, I think, particularly as women a lot. And so the word that's coming to mind is just this quote of the outcome is his, right? It's not all on us. It's not all up to us. It's not something we strive or muster up to achieve. The outcome is his, but the obedience is ours. The outcome is his, the obedience is ours. So we get to put that on him. The outcome is his for his kingdom, for his glory. But we get the opportunity as we entrust our calling to him. And we realize that in a new way, as we walk through what we've talked about today, that next step is ours. And we get to take that as we fix our eyes on him. And what an honor and a privilege it is to, we've described several characteristics of God and that we, yet he partners with us and we get to take that next step yeah. for his glory and for his kingdom. Like I just, I'm always dumbfounded. Like this is so cool. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm so thankful. Praise God. So good. Okay, friends, as we wrap up, I, um, one, want to encourage you to check out everything I have below for you. Rebecca, actually, if you will share, you have a book out that I want you to tell these women, um, about because they need to buy it. (laughs) So what is do the thing about So it is the crux of it is the conversation that we just had on how do we fix our eyes on Jesus and see the gifts and the talents that he's given us in a gospel centered way. I really sought to um, kind of, kind of fix our eyes on that rather than some of the worldly narratives that we don't have time to, to go into today, but some of the things that we hear out in the world that kind of distract us and, and even discourage us in our calling. I just want us to fix our eyes on biblical truth so that again, as I said earlier, we know where to turn when, um, we face those discouraging moments or those moments of fear. And so the full title of the book is do the thing gospel centered goals, gumption and grace for the go-getter girl. And if you do order it, I would love to give you all sorts of free goodies that will help you as you read. And so you can grab those and join the book insiders club at do the thing book.org. So good. Thank you. And that link is below. And then also, um, the link for the free hundred page shine bright journal is, uh, and it says what to learn more about what it looks like to radiate the love of Jesus Christ in your life, work and relationship. It's a great thing to have after this conversation that uh, we just had. And it's so amazing. And so thank you for that. Um, thank you, Rebecca, honestly, for your time and for this conversation. Like I said, I feel like it's a big fat permission slip for women to get mm. off of the world and focus and just do the thing, but also the thing relies on Jesus. And so Thank you for this. And thank you for the time. Oh, I'm so thankful. Thanks for having me, Sam.